This is Bridging the Gap with Love, Episode 10, Birth Mother Support. I'm Heidi Brower, a birth mom. And I'm Jessica Johns, an adoptive mom. And this is a podcast about our own stories and experiences with adoption, while hoping to provide education and support for birth moms, potential birth moms, and anyone with a connection to adoption. Okay, so I'm excited for today's episode. We're going to talk about birth mother support and what's available currently for birth moms and what we wish and hope for to be able to provide birth mothers for long-term support. Um, This is really one of the reasons we decided to start this podcast. Um, Heidi's obviously a birth mother and has been for 20 years. Yes. And I have relationships with Danielle and Jessica, who are just such important people in my life. And I just feel like there is these misconceptions and misunderstandings and these lacks in um, the support that we're able to offer our birth mothers. And so I just think it's really important to come together and talk about what support is available currently for expectant mothers, for birth mothers, what that looks like now, and kind of what we hope and wish for in the future to be able to provide birth mothers um, a place to build them up, to help them to feel loved and valued, admired, and to reaffirm the decisions that they've made. Um, the sacrifices that they've made. They, you know, birth mothers don't just need support um, during their pregnancy and before placement. They need long-term support and love from family, friends, um, adoption agencies, and any groups out there that can um, build them up and help them to just continue to move forward in their lives in positive ways and to feel uplifted. And yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that, honestly, you were saying that, you know, what we can do to help support birth moms. I think that we are really looking forward to what this turns into and what this looks like in the future, because right now it feels kind of small and that we're reaching a small audience, but we really have big hopes and dreams that this will turn into something that we can do to really help support birth mothers, birth fathers, birth parents, just any anybody in that um, birth family. And so... We'll see what's to come with that. We're really, we're really hoping that that something else bigger comes from this. But we do love what we're doing right now. So I think what birth parent support looked like for me was I went through LDS Family Services, and at that time there was a lot of us. And I often wondered, is it because we were in an area where there was a lot of just unwed pregnant? people like women? Or was it because they knew of the support? So they came out of the woodworks? Because I think a lot of people, if they don't feel like they have support, they remain quiet and like hidden and they're ashamed and they don't have a place to go. And in Utah, where I was, there was a place for us to go and people knew about it. And so I would have a counseling session once a week with my caseworker slash therapist. And she works specifically with birth parents, like birth moms. And so she would have counseling sessions with us all the time, one-on-one. And then once a week, we would have group sessions, which was so helpful. I've talked about this before, but we would have group sessions where there would be sometimes 20 to 30 of us all in a room sitting around a big, huge like table and just having conversations about what was going on with us. Sometimes we would have topics that we would talk about, but really it opened up to, we would all just talk about what we needed to talk about that week because emotions and feelings change from week to week and what you're dealing with. 
And there were women, girls there who were pregnant. There were girls and women who had just placed. There were girls and women who actually had also um, decided to keep and parent. And there were girls there who were pregnant and had no idea what they were going to do. They didn't know if they were going to place for adoption or if they were going to single parent or what they were going to do, but they knew that they had options. And so they were there to be with us. And that was a huge help for me. I did that for a few months and then I moved back to Washington, but I was able to also have amazing support from family and friends, which we'll talk about a little bit later about how we can do that as family and friends of people who know a birth mom. But really that counseling and therapy sessions were vital to my I don't, I don't know what to call it, but it was vital to me being able to kind of go on and live my life without a baby that I had just, you know, placed in somebody else's arms to raise. So that was a huge help for me. So for our adoptions, um, because they were independent adoptions, we were eventually provided a caseworker for Danielle that helped her um, pre-placement. And there were options to continue counseling afterwards. I'm not really sure how much she did that or Jessica did that after placement. And I wish that there was better support and that they felt maybe more connected to their social workers, that it was more of a therapy. I think that group therapy that that you got to have, Heidi, sounds like the best form of therapy, which is when you walk into a room of women or people that get you that absolutely that know what you've gone through the decisions that you've had to make the heartache that you've experienced um that's therapy that danielle and jessica didn't get to have and um i wish that they could have had that experience to sit in a room with a bunch of other incredibly strong women who had made decisions similar to theirs or were considering that everywhere i went after living in utah i would try and find group therapy like through LDS Family Services, and even though LDS Family Services doesn't do adoptions anymore, that is where I would seek. I would look up these group session, like these group therapy sessions, and I would go and just be a part of it. And sometimes I would call up the caseworker or the counselor and just say, hey, I'm a birth mom. Can I come? Even though you weren't my caseworker or my therapist, can I still come and be a part of this? And I was actually very proactive about trying to find that help. And so... I would be there and I actually loved being able to be on the other side to be able to help these girls who were pregnant, who were trying to make decisions, whatever they were trying to do, or ones that had just freshly placed their babies. I was able to kind of be on the other end and be like, it's going to be okay. It's hard and it's, you know, I feel all these feelings and I get it, but it's it's going to be okay. And just being a voice of like somebody who had kind of gone through it was very helpful. And I remember feeling that when I was going through it, I remember thinking, I don't want the opinions of anybody else. I don't really want to hear how somebody who's never had to go through this, how they feel about it, because I would kind of be like, you don't have any idea of what I feel like. And so being able to be in this or meeting other people who had gone through it, it was like, oh, I get you. We don't even have to talk. Just being in the same room as you, I felt like you got me. And so I've always tried to seek out and tell People, you know, if you know of a young girl who's pregnant or doesn't know what she wants to do, please contact me and I would love to just sit down and talk with her. Or if you know somebody who's just placed her baby for adoption, or even if I've actually had the honor of meeting other birth moms who we found out that we were birth moms and years, you know, they placed their baby years ago and we just have this connection. Like it's unspoken. We don't have to fully understand, but if you, I know that she's a birth mom and she knows I'm a birth mom, it's like this unwritten 
connection that we deeply feel because we both know what that feels like. And that's so important. Yeah, I actually feel like that's one thing that LDS Family Services did an incredible job of. Um, I remember when Jared and I, after we found out that we weren't going to be able to have children, we we were living in Utah at the time. And so we went to LDS Family Services to their adoption agency, and we got to be a part of clinics and classes. There were birth parent panels, mm-hmm. adoptive parent panels, um, adoptee panels. So it just kind of created this natural network and connection um, for them and also for us as we were kind of entering the adoption world. And I think that was one of my biggest concerns after LDS Family Services kind of dissolved their adoption agency and their adoption services is where do these people go now? Where are going to be these positive places where they get to meet other people just like them? Because I really haven't heard of another adoption agency that was able to provide that kind of community and therapy and network as, as LDS Family Services did. And that's just something that makes me so sad that, that you know, our birth moms, Danielle and Jessica, didn't have an agency like that that could help to provide them with these natural relationships, these natural connections with other people just like them. And so I think that's one of the huge reasons we decided to start this podcast is we see that there is this need this this um, for, for birth mothers and birth parents and even adoptive parents to come together and connect. Yeah, there, there's support needed all around. I know that there are some groups of women who do get together, you know, once a year, once every few years, but it's a, you know, it's a paid for weekend. You have to pay and then you have to pay to get there and it's a whole thing. And I just feel like there's such a need for, there's a lot of times that women can't afford to spend that money to go away. And I know that once they're there, they it's worth it. And it's the amazing experiences that they have. But also like just getting there, the financial burden on that is really hard. And I know some bigger cities might have some sort of support or I've looked online, you know, even just in our area, I've looked online to see, is there a birth parent support of some something? And kind of all that I've been able to find is like, this is a phone number if you're unwed and pregnant, or if you're pregnant and you want to place your baby for adoption, call us. And it's almost like this hotline of like, how they can help you proceed with your adoption. But I'm not sure, and maybe this is just more research we need to do on our part in this area, but there's a lot of places where there just is not that support. And there's a lot of birth moms, just because there's no groups does not mean there's not birth moms who need that support. Right. And one thing that I've talked with a little bit about with Jessica is she was able to find, you know, with the internet and social media, she was able to find some Facebook groups um, where birth mothers were able to come together and share their stories and experiences. And I'll have to talk to her again, but I don't think these were always like really positive, uplifting places for women to come together because there are, of course, women, um, birth mothers that have had negative experiences. And I think sometimes women can get together and kind of whine and complain and vent and which there's a place for that and a need yeah. for that for sure. But there is also, I think, a need for birth mothers and women to come together and feel reaffirmed, to feel uplifted, to feel admired and praised for their decisions. And that positivity, sometimes we lose that online. Yeah. And I even think that you can lose this in person, which I'll talk about in a second. But I agree with that completely. I'm a member of a couple different birth parent groups. And I have to be really careful because sometimes when I'm going through, it's negative experience after negative experience after negative experience. And I'm like, almost feel guilty that I've had such a positive experience, which I shouldn't feel guilty. And those people shouldn't feel guilty that they have a negative experience. It's just, 
a lot of times in life, negative voices are the ones that are the louder ones. And so positive ones, you you feel like guilty for having such a positive experience. And I there has been a couple of times where I've posted positive things about, you know, me getting to see Alex and Andrea or whatever it is. And people do come on and say, thank you so much for sharing such a positive, you know, example. We need more of these stories out there. And so I do think that there is, there's room for these positive experiences to be shared. I also think positive doesn't just mean good, happy, easy. Oh, yeah. Because as we've shared and will continue to share through this podcast, these relationships have required work and effort and, you know, needing to move through awkward or uncomfortable conversations. And so I think all of that can add to just like a more authentic, positive um, view of adoption, which I think, you know, with with media, with TV, we're often getting such extreme, negative, um, unfortunate outcomes sometimes that I just think we need to kind of counterbalance that with with real stories of real people, real women and families that have come together to create um, beautiful, healthy relationships within their adoption stories. Yeah, I remember one time in Washington uh, before LDS Family Services went away with adoptions, we had a retreat every single September to like this place we'd go camping or we would go somewhere and we would just all get together and we'd have the best time and we would do therapy type stuff. We would do um, our own individual stuff. We would just have, it was just a really cool place. And I remember one time I went on a walk with the counselor that was there with us and I just kind of said, I sometimes feel weird that I feel like I don't have anything wrong with me. Like meaning there are so many people who there is absolute need for therapy, but I felt guilty that I was doing well. I was doing okay. And there's nothing wrong with, she had to remind me, there's nothing wrong with me. And there's nothing wrong with the women who are still struggling because we all have, we're all at different paces. And she's like, and sometimes you will struggle. Just it happens, so happens to be this weekend that you're not really struggling and that's okay. And you're just more of a support for these other women who might be. And sometimes we feel like if I'm not crying and upset and sad and angry that there's something wrong with me, when really it's not, and it's okay to be very secure and happy in my the, the decision that I made. And I think a lot of that also comes with other positive people in my life who have helped me, helped reaffirm that decision that this is okay, that what you decided was right for you, and we stand by you. Like my parents, they always told me from the beginning that this is 100% your decision. And whatever you decide, we're going to support you. And they, they totally did. You know, they went through their own grief and their own process of healing, but they've always been by me 100%. I think when you have ways that you can help support people in your life who are birth parents, birth mom specifically, because I think I'm speaking from a female mind, it helps me to be able to talk from that, is really making sure that holiday recognition is, for me, vital. Um, the very first, so I placed Alex in February, the first Sunday that I had back with my family after spending some time in Utah, going through therapy and working and just kind of going through all the things I wanted to do before I moved back to Washington, it was mother's day that Sunday. And so obviously that was May. I just placed Alex in February and in our congregation after, you know, the main meeting with everybody, they always have the women, the mothers, they always say, mothers, will you please stand up? We have a rose for each one of you. And I remember being really emotional that day because it was Mother's Day. And technically, I was a mother. But I also didn't feel like I deserved recognition because I didn't have a baby with me. She was with somebody else. 
and they asked all the the mothers to stand. And my dad, I just kind of put my head down and my dad touched me on the shoulder and he said, you need to stand up. And they, I mean, obviously I just cried and he came and gave me a rose and gave me a hug and said, you deserve this just as much as anybody else in this room deserves this. And that meant a lot to me. I remember that so well. He probably doesn't remember that. I'll be honest, but I remember that. And it's those little things where, you know, a lot of people don't know that birth mother's day is a thing, that it's the Saturday before mother's day. And this birth moms maybe don't necessarily need a whole parade or a whatever to do. It's mostly just like, are people in your life thinking about you? Because birth mothers think about their children on birth mother's day, because a lot of them don't feel like they deserve a mother's day. And if they haven't had children, they also don't feel like that's a day that they get celebrated. It it could be a painful day because they didn't get to raise their children. And so if you know somebody, birth mother's day is a great day just to like reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I love you. You know, I see that you sacrificed and that's it. Like it really can go such a long way. And I would even say for adoptive couples, reaching out to your birth moms on that day and just telling them that you love them and you see them and that, you know, it could be a little gift or it doesn't even have to be a gift. But I think words go a long way to help them know that you really are thinking about them. I think dates matter. Um, Put dates, important dates in your calendar. They matter to the birth moms in your life, especially with social media. Jessica, every once in a while, will text me and say, this is the day that I found out I was expecting Mm -hmm. Bradley. Or this is the day that, um, you know, I went in for my first appointment. And and obviously, birth date, birthdays matter. Um, and remembering and just acknowledging our birth moms. Yeah. It goes so far just to take a minute to remember them and to acknowledge who they are, the decisions that they've made, and what they've done for you and your family <clears throat> as an adoptive, adoptive couple can, can go a long way. Yeah, I would agree with that. Dates are super important. Sometimes I think that people assume that just because you're 20 years down the road or even 30 or whatever, and that you have a good relationship with your birth child, that it's not a hard day. But I will tell you that it is actually, it's a hard day. And it always has been every single year on her birthday, actually the day before her birthday, I play everything in my head. I play when I started having contractions. I play over in my head that night and then going into the hospital and then having them check her and like all of these things. It's like a movie that plays in my mind. And even though I have a relationship with her and even though I'm happy and I'm I'm doing great now, it all becomes very real on that day. And I have to, I relive everything. And when I have people in my life who reach out to me and just say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. It means so much. And honestly, I don't think that I really expressed that to the people in my life, how important that was, because this last year on her birthday, I had one sibling reach out to me and kind of, you know, he said, hey, sis, just thinking about you, love you so much, you know, that kind of stuff. I know it's Alex's birthday, that kind of thing. And and nobody else in my family did. And I have six other siblings, you know, and, and my mom and dad. And I realized later, instead of me being upset at them, I never once told them how I truly felt and how that much that means to me. And I think a lot of them assumed that because I have a really good relationship with Alex now that I didn't need that. They forget that I, 20 years ago, they don't know in my brain that I replay everything over and over in my head and that I feel that heartache and that pain and all of those feelings come flooding back to me. 
And so I was able to reach out to them afterwards and just say, hey, this is how I feel. And every single one of them was so understanding and they just felt, you know, I couldn't be angry because they didn't know. So that's where I feel like my job is to like help other people know, like your words, just a text goes so long. So put those dates in your calendar and have reminders because you just reaching out to them will go a long way. I promise you it will go such a long way. And I cannot wait to see what my family does for me next year. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Just kidding, guys. You don't have to. Just send me a text. So if you know somebody who would maybe need some more support, or if you are a birth mom or somebody who is pregnant and you need some support, you guys, please reach out to me. I am so happy to text with you, to message you, to call you on the phone, or for you to call me. I am an open book, and I'm really always willing to help somebody um, in this area because it was such a huge support for me to have somebody that understood me to talk to me. And I am so willing to do that for other people. And if you are an adoptive couple or a mom or a dad of a girl who is pregnant or family members, and you're also needing some support and maybe some ideas on how you can support them, please reach out to me because mostly it's really important for you allow, um, these girls to just feel heard. You don't have to fix anything because nothing can fix it. It's just listening to them and being a a voice in a safe place for them to land. That's what's really important and validating all of their feelings because sometimes, you know, we might feel really sad and we don't know why. It's just validating how we are feeling can make a huge difference. So I hope that you can support those birth moms in your life and, you know, have them reach out to me if you if you feel that need. We are always here and happy to help. And maybe sometime in the future, we'll be able to work on getting a group together or something like that, because really that would be awesome. So, all right, guys, thanks so much. Until next time.